This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. The Steelers preview, part two. I feel like, seriously, guys, that this has been like the 15th time I've talked about this stupid week 12 game with the Steelers and the Ravens. I swear between this show, injury reports, Mike Tomlin press conference podcast, my let's ride. I am so sick and tired of talking about this freaking football game. And if they move it to week 18, I might drive to New York and punch Roger Goodell straight in the face. But with that said, Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer joins me. What's up, Brian? How are you? I am elated. I am just to get this close and there's still being a game. So that's, that's all I want because I'm desperate for this game too. I feel just like you, Jeff. I've talked about this so much with everybody. And then each day you're checking Twitter and you're like, Oh, another one, another one. And then you start seeing Steeler names. And luckily it wasn't the landslide that, that it was with the Ravens, but here's just your luck and just all of our lucks. They end up, for some reason, moving this game to week 18, then next thing you know, first round of the playoffs, it's the Steelers and Ravens. <laughs> That'd be horrible. <laughs> oh, let's we'll talk about this scenario. Dave, Dave Schofield, co-editor of Bonnie Dave, what's up? How are you? I feel like you, Jeff. I'm like, it was almost a week ago. Well, I mean, it was a week ago when we were doing the, the post-game show. And we're like, oh, man, how are we going to squeeze everything in before this game? How are we going to squeeze everything in for this game? Now we still got two more days to go for it. It's just it's crazy. It is now a longer time between from when the game was supposed to be played to when it's uh, hopefully still scheduled to be played than it was from the last game to when it was supposed to play. You know what I'm saying? They only had the four days. Now we're going on five extra days. I'm happy that the team got there, got three days off. That's nice. But for some reason today, I actually have the feeling that this is going to happen Tuesday. For the longest time, I wasn't sure. But now I'm getting the feeling, I mean, especially watching the poor Denver Broncos um, today, that um, that I have a feeling that th- this is going to happen. I-, I think that they feel that it's contained enough that, that it's going to happen. Well, and the NFL did make a statement Sunday morning stating that. They felt that they, they they had a feeling that the outbreak that took place within the organization is going to kind of be curtailed a little bit. They said that any other extra positives or other outbreaks of any kind would be from the community spread, meaning that a player brought that in on his own, not from the initial case, which was a strength and conditioning coach who must have been positive but hadn't tested positive was uh had symptoms did not tell anyone wasn't wearing a mask did not wear his contact tracer he basically had the trifecta of things not to do when it comes to the nfl protocol and he just said caution in the wind and now here we are here we are 
I don't even know what's crazier. The fact that the Steelers have been the team that has been impacted by both of these two teams, the Titans and the Ravens that have completely had the, it's really, let's be honest. Can you guys think there's no been no other outbreaks like this other than Tennessee and, and what we're experiencing now with Baltimore, right? Am I forgetting an outbreak like this? I mean, there were games moved, but I don't know that it That's, was such a big outbreak. Like even in new England, I don't think it was an, it wasn't, it was bad. new England where they, they, where they played on a Tuesday. no, it was, it was uh, Kansas City and Buffalo played Monday on a night. Tuesday. Yeah. I thought it was a Tuesday. Or did they move the Monday? Night? I don't know. That was, was Tennessee and Buffalo played on a yeah, Tuesday. Okay. That was All still right. because of Tennessee. Okay. So, yeah, they've been caught up in the worst of them. This is this is ridiculous. But you know what? The funny thing is, is a couple, couple things that I want to get off my chest here. First and foremost, Steeler fans are complaining about the mini-buy. You can't say anything. The Steelers got the mini buy. It's just not when it was scheduled. Okay. So yeah, it would be great to get the Ravens game out of the way, get a little breather. Then you prepare for the next game. They're just having that rest prior to the Ravens game. So they got their break. And you heard Cam Hayward, who spoke on Sunday with the media said uh, he feels great. He said he feels refreshed. He's energized. He said said that that little break was just what they needed, especially after having their bye week moved to week four. Um, But also, you know, the Steelers, in my opinion, or the example of the fact that, let's be honest here, guys. The Pittsburgh Steelers are an example. Of, there's going to be positive cases, period. There's going to be positive cases. You just have to follow the protocol to the point where it doesn't become an outbreak. So Stefan Tua, James Conner, Isaiah Bugs, and Gerald Hawkins join Kevin Dotson, who still is on the COVID list. No new positives today from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin said that when he spoke with the media Sunday uh, after practice. Guys, what do you think went wrong in Baltimore? <laughs> do you really think this came down to one coach that was just like, who cares, and just did whatever he wanted? Dave, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, I was going to yield to Brian because I feel like I've been talking over top of him for these first five minutes. But uh, I was just – all I was going to say was – I I can't wait for the 30 for 30. I said that to some of the staff at some point. There, there's going to be a 30 for 30 in a couple years about what's going on. And people are like, they need to fire that strength and conditioning coach. No, they can't fire him because then he's going to tell everyone what the whole organization was doing because it had to be more than just the one coach doing this. But what people don't understand you know, and that we we don't understand this either. Is that the reason that they feel if if they have the situation contained or not, is they have a better idea what happened and who exactly was where at what time to where something could have been, what happened, and like even with the one coming in today, it doesn't seem like they were surprised by it. Mm-hmm. It seems like they were just waiting. Oh, there's one more person. We're kind of just waiting for him to test positive, um, and there it was, and. That's kind of the feeling that I get that they know what they did. They know who all was at risk and they were just waiting for it. That's the whole notion of what, you know, Michael Beck brought up that there was rumblings about Lamar Jackson early in the week that that he was going to be positive and that maybe they were trying to hide a test. No, I think it's because he was one of the players that was involved in whatever the craziness was that made this breakout. Maybe it wasn't as crazy as what I have in my mind. But there's something big that happened, and that's why they, it's so many players, and that's why they know what's going on. And that we're probably not going to find out this year because they don't want them to take every draft pick away or to make them, you know, 
forfeit every game they have left because of whatever happened. But maybe years down the road, we'll finally find out what, what's going on. Brian, what are your thoughts? This is a not-on-my-watch situation. So what I mean by that is because if this was something that one person did, they would have got they would have got thrown out of there and busted and told to do. So this was a culture thing. This had this what's going on in my head, my black and gold mind is saying that the culture was saying, hey, it's fine. You guys are all in the same disease circle. We've been around each other. We're fine. We don't have to wear masks around here. That's prob that's and you've heard that a lot in uh, in society. That you know, we've been around these people so we could be around them. So that's how I feel something's gone on. So they are losing a seventh round draft pick and $350,000, and that's it. That's how they're going to get punished for this. That seventh round draft pick that's uh, James Prochet from last year that doesn't mean a thing, that's what they're going to lose. But they have played with this entire game. They have put a lot of people in risk. And I got to tell you, NBC's got to be ticked off. Sure. They got, they got Tuesday night. Primetime, that's fine. They had to run the dog show again on Thursday night. That's not going to bring double ratings. That Thursday night is probably one of the best nights of the year, and they lost it. So they're ticked off. Everybody's ticked off, and they're like, eh, well, you know, I, we just got unlucky with the COVID. No, you didn't get unlucky. You let it happen. So John Harbaugh, you need to have that not-on-my-watch mentality. You're the watchman. You're responsible. You let this happen. So once again, you're a Wang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wang Harbs at his finest. I want to get to Eamon. He gave us a dollar ninety nine. Said prayers to high risk Connor and Mark Andrews. He's referring to the fact that James Connor is a cancer survivor. Mark Andrews is a type one diabetic. Therefore, they are at high risk. However, I will say that my son is a type one diabetic, and you are only considered high risk if your blood sugar is not maintained. Um, if you have a normal blood sugar, then you are typically not considered what they call immunocompromised. So there we have that. Um, yeah, Jared Devil says deflate the wang. The Steelers will try to <laughs> hopefully, the, hopefully they get the chance to do that on, on Tuesday night. Yeah. I, I want to get to something here, guys, a uh, little prediction, but it's not our game predictions. If the game is not played Tuesday night, the NFL does What? Brian, I'll get you, give you the chance to start first. So in your opinion, if the game is not played on Tuesday night, the NFL does what? Wow. I, I've been playing this in my head, trying to figure it out. I think really what I think they do is just, they scrap this game altogether and they go to eight teams. I don't see them adding a week 18. All right. Hey, that's fine. Dave, what do you think? Okay. i'm going to give a dave answer eventually okay (laughs) but before i give the dave answer we have to remember what the nfl said they said they will go to eight playoff teams if there are numerous a high quantity of games that have to be made up at the end of the season they didn't say that they would do it for just one game that they would go to eight playoff teams per conference so people keep saying as soon as there's a week 18 that that's happening that is not what the nfl said if you go back and, and look at that. So that's one. Now it's time for my Dave answer. And my Dave answer is it depends on who cancels it. If the NFL says this outbreak still isn't officially contained, it is not safe for Baltimore to travel, which 
The report is they are traveling on Tuesday with two planes so they can definitely be spread out more for all 49 players they have left possible between the practice squad and their main roster. If that if if the NFL says no, it's not safe for you to travel and do this, then they'll then they'll see what's going on. If something happens where the Ravens come by and say, "Hey, we don't have enough players that we're going to be able to compete. We can't play this game." then they are choosing to forfeit the game. That's why I say there's a difference. And at this point, I don't think the league's going to shut it down. I don't think they are. I think the the league is already mad at the Wang because he pulled the Wang move of shutting down the facility until Monday <laughs> to force the game off of Sunday. And then what they do this evening? Practice. We're talking about practice. They came back and practiced Sunday with a shutdown facility, which tells you that the shutdown move was completely about not having to play Sunday. A lot of man, that's that's a lot to digest there, Dave. That's <laughs> good stuff. That's okay. I personally think that if the game isn't played on Tuesday, which the NFL I think is going to say, you have enough players now. Jeffrey Benedict, I, I did not double check this. I'll be honest, Dave. I don't know if you did. He I said in our Slack channel that somewhere in the CBA, it says that you need a minimum of 44. You need 44 players to play in a contest. Mm-hmm. Anything less than that, the NFL Players Association has to sign off on it. We know that, Dave, as of this morning, we, they had, what, 49? Well, it was 50 this morning, and then the okay. adding of Willie Sneed was 49. And if you're wondering where the numbers come from, because they don't add up, because you have 53 – and 16, that gives you your wonderful 69 number. Then now that there would be 23 players on the COVID list, the thing is three of those players were on IR. Right. So they weren't part of that of that 69 players between the two. That's how they're at 49 right now. So I did an article behind steelcurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, nice where plug. you could go check it out, where I listed out what players they have available and by position. Yeah. And then I, I even went in and added a little note about it was reported that Sneed was the was the positive case. He hasn't officially been put on the list yet. Um, but although when I did do the 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 article before, neither had uh Judon or Mark Andrews, but I took that into account. And really where they're thin, they only have two quarterbacks, but teams only dress two quarterbacks. That's still two more than what Denver had. Um, And otherwise, the only place they're really thin is offensive and defensive line, but they have enough. They don't have enough to dress 48 players because they don't have eight offensive linemen unless the NFL would allow them to count a tight end as an offensive lineman if they like change the number or something like that. Um, I don't even know if they can do that. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. So other than that, I mean, they have plenty of defensive backs and plenty of wide receivers, even with even with Snead out. And shockingly, they had a long snapper on the on the uh, practice squad, and that was one of the players that they lost was their long snapper. So they even have all their specialists. So it shouldn't if there's nobody else that goes out. Now there were some players that were questionable on the injury report that I also had that in there. Um, they should have enough bodies to field the team. So with that said, I feel like Roger Goodell is going to say, all right, Baltimore, we had it on Thursday. We moved it to Sunday. We gave you as much time as we could. We moved it from Sunday to Tuesday. You have more than 44. Let's play some ball. Now, I I think that's what's going to happen. Because in my opinion, now the NFL has never really showed the willingness to do this, but if they were to create a week 18 
it would create a competitive imbalance because in my opinion, this is not like Brian said, dumb luck. This is not, Oh, I was, I, I was riding a bus next to someone who was positive and I brought it into the locker room. This is more of a, as Brian said, not on my watch on, in regards to Wang Harbs. So I think the NFL is going to say, look, we already gave you all, and there goes Brian, and we already gave you all Saturday, Thursday to Sunday, Sunday to Tuesday. It's now or never. You're either playing right now or you're forfeiting. And like you said, Dave, I agree with you 100%. If they're going to forfeit, they're going to make the Ravens say, white flag, surrender. For the first time in over 100 years, an NFL team would forfeit a game. So that's my thoughts. Now, I just want to do that little exercise here. So when Willie Sneed went on the injured reserve list, I got to be honest, Dave and I have written so many of these articles that <laughs> we literally go on. No, but I mean, I just wrote okay. it. Okay. it I, I just don't remember. There hasn't been anyone that has been reported to go on and didn't end up going on. So because yeah. of that, we just run these stories. Yeah. I, I literally, we're literally just copy and paste. <laughs> it's, it's just the same like thing it. over and over again. So listen to these names. Okay. Matt, Willie Sneed, Matthew Judon, Mark Andrews, DJ Fluker, Jalen, Jalen Ferguson, Will Holden, Broderick Washington, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Ricard, Justin. I don't even know how to say his name. Med, what is it? Med, yeah, there you go. Long snapper, Morgan Cox, Calais Campbell, Mark Ingram, JK Dobbins, uh, Brandon Williams, who could potentially play on Tuesday because he was a high risk contact, but he was also hurt prior to the game. So we don't know about that. Pernell McPhee, Matt Skura, Patrick McCarry, Jihad Ward, and Trace McSorley, a backup quarterback. Guys, <laughs> this is like a who's who of the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, you're like, hey, name a good player on the Ravens. Yep, they're on that list. I mean, this is going to be unbelievable when it comes to the difference between these two rosters going into Tuesday night at Heinz Field. And by the way, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, on Monday, an audio side, we are recording this Sunday night. And as of Sunday night, the game is still on. Could we wake up on Monday morning and the NFL say, done, we're not doing it? That's possible. In which case, you got to understand we're recording this live. So, but guys, I mean, what is this point spread, Dave? We'll go this way. What is the, the point spread has gone from, I think it's double digits now, isn't yes, it? It is. Um, at oddshark.com, the consensus is Steelers minus 10. Minus 10. And that went from four, four and a half. Was, yeah, around four, four and a half. All the way up to 10. There. So let, let's let's take that into this next question. Arthur Steele gives us gives us dollar ninety-nine, which we appreciate. He said, What's the game plan versus Baltimore with a depleted team? Now, I do want to make sure we Coach ask Tomlin a good was asked that today. That was a good yes. question. And Mike Tomlin said, You basically plan for philosophy, more or less, what they like to do. Now, this is not going to be Lamar Jackson. It's going to be Robert Griffin III. We all have funny nicknames for RG3, which we'll probably bring up at some point today. But still, um, Gus Edwards is a common name. Justice Hill is someone the Steelers were very high on when he was coming out of, I believe it was Oklahoma State, right? I yep. think so. He's a very talented running back, a kind of a scat back, a change of pace guy. So, guys, what is the game plan heading into this Baltimore game? Brian, we'll start with you. Well, it's funny because if you're looking on the offensive side of the ball, you're still facing a pretty potent Baltimore defense that has only given up three, actually 
they've only given up 19 points a game and they were ranked third in the league. So they did not lose a lot on defense. Calais Campbell's out. Brandon Williams could possibly be back. Uh, you know, you look at their defensive backs, they're all there as far as the corners. Humphrey's there, that jerk that I cannot stand. I'm not even going to say his name. Yeah, Marcus Peters, I'll say his name. (laughs) (laughs) He's there. Yeah, and I tell you what, it's funny that Nah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say he rises Marcus Schmieders. <laughs> well, I, I, I was just going to say that it's funny that Peters plays for a guy named Wang. Um, so let's <laughs> let's just let's just put that's not a coincidence. And you know what? So there they got another guy back. Number twenty six is back. So here you go. He was he was not going to probably not going to play on Thursday night. He's back. So this is still a tough team to throw against. It's not it's not the easiest team to run against. I mean, with if Brandon Williams isn't there. So you just don't know what you're looking at here. I mean, you don't know what you're looking at for anything. Now, on the Steelers' defense, as far as the Steelers' defense goes, you're probably going to have the game plan of not let them surprise you. You know, you know what you have on, on the defensive end, you know your defensive incapabilities right now with your defensive line. Wormley's going to get a lot of action. But what do you have to do is you got to do your best to stop the run, but not let them surprise you with the pass. And the guy that they usually surprise you with the pass on is Willie Sneed. Yeah. And he's not going to be there. Hollywood Brown always burns these guys and then dances around like an, an idiot afterwards. And um, you know that's going to happen. You know he'll have at least one touchdown in this game. This is not going to be a game where the where the Steelers blow this team out. It's still an NF it's an AFC North game. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh what about you, Dave? What are your thoughts on the game plan heading into this contest? I I coach Tomlin's spot on. You you know you, you go with what their tendencies are. And honestly, I mean look, it really is the quarterback and running back they faced last year, week 17. The difference is it's not the same offensive line at all. No. Not only just from you know Marshall Yonda retiring, but think of the guys they already had out on IR and then more guys going out due to COVID. They are, I mean, I, I think they only have one tackle that someone who plays guard is going to have to play tackle. I think they have a guard a guard slash center. Oh, no, sorry. One center, a guard slash center. The rest are all guards with one tackle. So someone's going to have to slide into an unfamiliar p- position. Um, the Steelers' outside linebackers are still the same outside linebackers that even their best tackles would have a problem with. So the, the Ravens are almost – they're going to have to get creative on what they're going to try to do based on, I think, the, the biggest thing that's going to be holding them back. I mean, frankly – I've said it before at times when it, especially when it comes to them passing the ball, I would rather go up against the Lamar Jackson because I think that guys like Micah Fitzpatrick can trick him into making a bad decision where with someone like RG three, I don't know that he's that great at making the decisions either, but he's going to be more because maybe not might be more of an accuracy thing. You just don't know, but it's the offensive line when it comes to the to the offense and on the defense. It's the, it's the defensive line. That's where they're going to be be, be um, hurting them the most. Um, I would still say it's 
they're more in trouble there than even that they would than what they would be at quarterback and running back. You've just got to go in. You can't take this lightly. You can't think that oh, well, this is going to be different. You've still got to hate that team in purple as much, if not more, than you always have. I don't think that they're going to overlook this team at all. The Steelers are ten and zero, you know, and so right now they just watch the Kansas City Chiefs. They're keeping pace. We'll put it that way. So if they're still striving to to take care of their own business, you can't overlook anyone, let alone the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I mean, my gosh, there. This isn't a situation where the next opponent is someone that's going to take attention away from their current opponent. No, there's no one trumps the Ravens when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers in terms of attention. They'll have their attention and. If I'm if I am Mike Tomlin, I'm showing that week 17 game from 2019, not just because, hey, here's what RG3 did and Gus Edwards. I want to remind them what it felt like to have these leftovers, little Thanksgiving theme for you, uh, as they rested everyone because they'd already locked up the number one seed run all over you. Because that's what happened. To me, I didn't expect Devlin Hodges to go in and win that game at MT last last season. What was disheartening was the fact that they ran right down the Steelers' throat over and over again. And I'd show them that film and say, let's remember this. Mr. and Mrs. Steelers uh, give us, gave us $5. Mrs. and Mr. Mrs. and Mr., I'm sorry. <laughs> Who do you think is coming into this game with a larger chip on their shoulder? It may be obvious to us, but this is Wang's squad. So who comes in with a larger chip? Uh, old Wang's crew, or are we talking about the Steelers? Uh, we'll go with Dave first. Um, that's a good question. Cause I think they both will. I mean, both coaches, they're not, they aren't long tenured coaches in the NFL for nothing. They both know how to spin stuff and motivate their team. I know coach Tomlin says all the time that these are professionals. We, they don't need extra motivation, but you know what they do. And this is a team that now has to deal with this for the Steelers, but this is also, um, a Raven squad that could look at, Hey, they're, you know, the odds are stacked against us. We're going to go in there and shock the world. So that's a that, that's a good question. I, I'm curious what you guys think. Did I'm going to say probably Baltimore. Okay, Baltimore. Very good. Slightly. All right, Brian, what do you think? Dave's right. The narrative is going to be different in each locker room. Mike Tomlin's going to be, look, they've inconvenienced us. They're running. They're ducking us. That's what he's going to say to his team. But you cannot take this team lightly. On the other side, exactly what Dave said. Harbaugh is going to tell his team, look, no one says that we even belong here. You guys are – it's going to be like Shane Falco. Shane, he's going to do a Shane Falco. It's like, you know, nobody believes in us. And you guys aren't even supposed to be here. Look, you get, you were washing dishes last week. You know, you, were, you weren't expected to be here. You were on the practice squad. Half our team is, is on the COVID list. Now go out and show you who the Baltimore Ravens are. That's exactly what he's going to do. And I have no doubt that, I mean, I say a lot of things about the man. He, you know, personally, I just, I don't like him, but I think he's a fantastic coach. And I bet you, I've never been in the locker room. I bet you he's an amazing motivator as well. So I got to tell you, I think it's, the each locker room is going to come out with their own story and it's who can execute and who can believe it more, who can drink that Kool-Aid and whose side does it taste better on? Yeah. It's tough to argue with what you said, Brian, I, in terms of pressure, 
there's no pressure on Baltimore. And if I'm the Steelers, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm telling special teams, I'm telling everyone, you need to be prepared for everything in the kitchen sink thrown at you this week. They're, they're going to play with desperation. And as a former coach, like I said, it was just high school and it wasn't even football. But when you played a team that had nothing to lose, it was one of the most dangerous propositions for your team, no matter how good they were, because that team was going to do whatever it takes, including cheap shots, including trick plays, including fake punts. They need to be ready for everything. The pressure is going to be on Pittsburgh. No one thinks that the Ravens can win this game. No one. And so in that case, I, yeah, the Steelers are going to drum up their own motivation, but in terms of pressure, it's all on Pittsburgh because no one is expecting the Ravens with all those players out to go into Pittsburgh and win. Can they win? Yeah. It's a national football league. And as we just talked about, Robert Griffin, the third has starting experience. Gus Edwards has run all over Pittsburgh before Marquise Brown is, this is not his first rodeo. And you look on the defensive side with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey and, and the, the crew that they have. Yeah, they're missing they're missing some pass rushers, which I think is the biggest deal. You know, with Matthew Judon out and Ward out, they really are – Pittsburgh does a great job protecting Roethlisberger as it is. Uh, you take away their best pass rushers, and that might be an even easier task. So we'll see. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come out of this break, first and foremost, if you're on YouTube, we're not going anywhere. But if you're on the podcast side, you're going to go to part two. We're going to dive deeper into the X's and O's of this. We're going to maybe re-up our predictions and see if did anything change in the last, I don't know, however many days, almost seven days since we last talked about this game. We'll talk about that and more coming right after this break. Stay tuned. 